listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday morning. So let's turn to the final part of today's show. Now, every Friday, we want to end the week with something good. And so this week for Radio for Good, we're catching up with Sky Siu, who is the executive director of the Kelly Support Group. And we'll be chatting about some of the work that they've been doing to support the young people uh, of Hong Kong during the pandemic. Sky, welcome back on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Noreen. It's great to be back and to be on your new show. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited to, to see you. I think we've known each other for over, I don't want to reveal our age, but over 10 years, over, over a decade. So you've been <laughs> such a great supporter on the 123 show and now uh, time for brunch. Um, so we are live this morning on Facebook. I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Sky there as well. So I haven't caught up with you in, in for about a year and a half. I think so. Yeah. I think it's been quite a while now. What has the Kelly Support Group been up to? Well, the good news is that um, Kelly Support Group has not only been still around, because, you know, during COVID and then as COVID has prolonged, um, it's been really difficult for a lot of charities. Um, but we are so grateful because we've got a lot of really strong supporters and we've got a fantastic board that's really kept us going and said, hey, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Hong Kong. And our team really sees it as well. Um, so I feel like the last year and a half, if not the last two years, has actually taken us to a place where we're stronger than we were before. Um, we've dared to take new risks, you know. I think one of the new risks that we've taken is in technology, you know. I think because everybody just, you know, had to turn to the internet. One of the things that we thought, hey, why not use all the resources that we have that we normally do in school face-to-face -face training and actually just put it online like a Coursera you know or a Khan Academy but for social and emotional learning for drug education for mental health literacy programs you know and so we did it so we got a bit of funding um, from the Jockey Club and we were able to put together a platform to do that so you know technology is, is going to help us you know one way or the other um, and we're gra really glad that we were able to leverage some of those resources to be able to do that. That's amazing how you saw, even though through the challenges, you saw the opportunity to do that. And that's such a great way to yeah. reach out to young people as well. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it was so limiting, you know, so many, I mean, I can imagine how crazy it has been for schools, just scheduling and all of that. And so to have a platform for young people to independently be able to reach out and to get help, you know, I think that that's also been really helpful. And um, we also actually did a survey last year. Uh, we've been trying to keep track of uh, how young people are doing, particularly when it comes to their mental health and how they've been coping. And I know that lots of people have looked at different angles um, of, you know, how young people are doing. And we specifically, you know, you know, Noreen, we always talk about peer support and how can we encourage and empower and equip young people so that they can help not just themselves, but then also those around them. So actually our angle in looking at data or just trends is actually to see, first of all, you know, if young people are struggling, like, who are they going to go to for help? You know, um, and secondly, uh, if they do go to help, you know, um, sort of, you know, what are the channels that they're going to go for, you know, and, and whether or not they will do it in the first place. Because you know? sometimes when they're in that sort of sad state of mind, you know, it's really sometimes 
chaotic. Yeah. And sometimes you just don't end up reaching out to anybody and you keep it to yourself. Yeah. And like, honestly, Hong Kong is a very lonely place sometimes. Yes. We can be surrounded by people and have zero space, but actually feel like we're the most lonely in the city. And I think that, you know, it's something that's so unique to our city here. Um, but such a busy place, yeah. but can be quite a. So, where do the young people turn to when they face challenges? Yeah. So, um, we actually, with the help of one of our partners, were able to um, get a survey out to over 1,300 young people between the ages of 14 and 24. So, both are in school, but also having just come out to work, you know. And um, we realized that the number one person that they will turn to is their friend. <laughs> you know, and, and surprising. So you guys have been right all yeah. on peer support. Yeah, yes. the whole peer support, you know. And, you know, that really wasn't what we were shooting for. But, you know, it was a real validation for us, you know. So after 30 years of serving the youth community and having the strong you know, sort of message of, hey, young people, you are in a right position to help your friends. Turns mm -hmm. out, you know, a lot of the data is also proving that. Um, so this is a positive pyramid scheme, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, and, and, you know, I think the thing that we're selling in this positive pyramid scheme is, is how you get equipped so that you can be there for your friend when yes. your friend needs it. Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, we're, we're seeing that, you know, if people are reaching out for help, there's, there's actually not a lot of people who are doing that. There's still so much stigma around it. There's um, feelings like they don't know where to go. Um, and even if they do know where to go, they feel like it's a bother for other people. Um, and so there's so many different barriers in that thought process that in the end, it's just easier to just stay where you were and not do anything about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know with the Kelly support group, you also have a platform where if they reach out to you, you're able to point them to the right services. Yeah. So we started Project Connect actually in uh, 2021. Um, specifically wow, during the pandemic, during the pandemic. and that is because we knew that you know if young people were going to be isolated or feel like they're disconnected from their social their normal social circles in school or within the community we felt like you know having sort of like a bridge connect service might be really useful to do a couple things I mean first of all to, to help to walk people through that process you know of seeking for help it's not as scary um, there's actually a lot of resources out there it's about whether or not you can get the right fit you know um, and then actually walk take them to those services and connect them so it's a whole triage service that That's we have such an important step yeah, because so, it's one thing mm -hmm. pointing to somebody it's pointing at the place to somebody yeah. but another just holding their hand and bringing them there exactly like we used to have you know lots of um, suggestions oh contact this organization this is their phone number and website but actually it doesn't do anything you know so you have a young yeah. person who's looking at the website and there's like a chock full of information you don't actually know who to call or who to email so now we have over 40 community partners that are offering counseling services from everything from addiction to depression counseling for um bit like you know body image issues um to even gaming addiction you know so the whole range and all we're saying is to young people contact us we'll walk you through that journey if you decide that you wanted to seek for help, we'll help you refer to the service that will help you the most at the affordability that you can make. Because yeah. we understand that sometimes some of this stuff can get expensive too. Yeah. So we will walk with the young person until they find 
the right help that they are able to get. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's the reactions been so far? Is is it been quite positive? Do young people sort of reach out? Because- so interestingly, we have a lot of family members who are calling us <laughs> because they want to understand how this can be helpful for their kids. Yeah. Um. We do have young people who are reaching out as well, so that has been positive. And so far, we have had quite a few um, cases. I think because we haven't really been out there and saying, "Hey, everybody, you know, this is a service." You know, we've actually just been quite low key and really targeting the communities that we do know um, and doing it slowly. Um, but I think you know, this year and next year, we're really trying to roll it out more. Um, so, for those of you who are interested in this, um, this is a project called Project Connect. You can find more information on our website, <laughs> Kelly.org. <laughs> um, and yeah, we have a text line as well. Just anytime, just text message and ask you know more about it. Um, but yeah, that's great because that's exactly how young people <laughs> will really communicate exactly. via text and, <laughs> and WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, Sky, one thing during the pandemic that I noticed is a big focus on mental health, mm-hmm. especially for young people. And I know mm. that's always been something that the Kelly Support Group has focused on. Mm. But during the pandemic, have we seen sort of uh, the mental health taking a big toll because of not going to because of the young people not going to school and not having that their, their you know, friendship groups. Mm. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I think, you know, as adults, you know, I think just even before the show is and we were both talking about how we need to take care of our own personal mental health. I think, you know, the the fact is that even as adults we're finding it difficult to cope. Um and nonetheless like young people even though they have you know they they bounce back easily or that's what they always say children bounce back easily but actually they have found it really difficult i think in some ways they have learned to cope um but we are quite worried about what things they're using to cope with you know um what vices that they've turned to in order to allow themselves to feel better during Mm. this time you know whether it's things like hidden substance use or increased alcohol consumption, you know. Because in adults, you know, alcohol sales have increased. Yes, exactly. And I mean, even if you think about the fact that, you know, it's been very difficult. If you look at the suicide rates um, for young people returning back to school, I mean, each adjustment every time the policy change means a different um, way of life again for the young people to have to adjust to. And sure, they can bounce back easily, but we're talking about more than seven to eight times of changes for young people going back to school, not going back to school, half in school, Zoom school, hybrid, hybrid exams know, at school, exams and then schools, Zoom classes. No exams, yes. you know, it's been so confusing. So it's not surprising to see that there has been an increased number of young people you know, taking their own lives um, because of despair, feeling hopelessness, you know, feeling very distraught. I think um, we've also seen an increase in difficult relationships with family members. And I think, you know, it makes sense. If adults are stressed and they're at home with their kids who are also stressed, it's really a recipe for disaster. It's a lot of the the energy at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about suicide. Uh, September, uh, as you mentioned before, is uh, Suicide Awareness Month. what sorts of support can we be offering to the young people? And actually, not just young people, but to our loved ones around us. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, we we often look at suicide in, in terms of numbers and we get really scared. You know, and I think that one of the things that we have been talking about is, you know, how can you be more sensitive and aware of the people that are around you? 
um, when when I was a kid um, in high school, a really good friend of mine took her own life, um, attempted to take her own life. Yes. Um, and the, the uh. weirdest thing is that none of us knew and none of us were aware. And I think that need for sensitivity and awareness to how people are doing around us and and spending time to care and 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 I mean it's it's intentional you know I wouldn't say that we didn't care about our friend you know back then but I think we just didn't have the mindset to take a moment to really check in with our friend to see how they were doing or to be intentional about spending the right kind of time with each other yeah. um, and I think that that's very much sort of you know what this last few years has really been when it when we're talking about suicide prevention is is first of all let's not let's not I mean I know it's not really great dinner conversation um, but it's not something to hide behind, you know. I know a lot of people look at the news and say, oh, somebody died from suicide, you know. Um, but, you know, global statistics say that for every person who has actually successfully lost their lives, I mean, I don't like the way that that term is put, but for every one person that's died by suicide, there's 20 more that have attempted. Wow, um, and many more who have thought about it, yes. you know. And so I think, you know, the numbers are a lot more than what we think it is. And I think, and you know, this year we're coming up with a campaign that basically is saying um, one more is just too many. Exactly. You know, and I think maybe not just in a Chinese sort of sense, but I think people don't like to talk about suicide because they're worried it might be triggering for, for, for someone. But the truth is, if somebody's thinking about it, by talking about it might actually be the help that they need. Mm -hmm. So if you suspect you know, a friend or somebody you know might be thinking about suicide or, or has, you know, has depression because, you know, they're not directly linked, but it could be one of the, the, the symptoms of it. Ask them outright, you know, are you thinking about self-harm? Are you thinking about taking your own life? Because mm. it actually shows that you care mm. by not talking about it. It's sort of like the big elephant in the room. Mm. And that's actually quite you know um yeah it's mm. just not the right thing yeah and I, I and i think that you know sometimes people feel like it's awkward to to ask the question of how you're doing and i think in chinese society it's almost taboo to ask the questions yeah we you don't know? ask we, we, we just ask if you're fine mate we ask yeah. them have they eaten <laughs> And I almost wonder if like the have you eaten is sort of like a, a euphemism, you know, yeah. for how are you doing, you know. But I think, you know, we could take that extra step, you know. Uh, we could take that extra step to stand for something, do some research, you know, join a training session. You know, um, Kelly's been running a lot of programs with different organizations as well as our own just training anybody who wants to learn more about mental health and how to help young people um, and and really through that sort of thing and I know it's not just Kelly I'm sure there's lots of other resources out there but you know getting yourself educated and ready for when yeah. you do have a conversation because it's true sometimes you do need to be more sensitive and what does that mean you know maybe, oh yeah there's right? a time and a place <laughs> there's Absolutely. a time and a place yes, right yes. Um, and I think that you know if you I think it's about taking that action. It's about taking that step. It's about knowing that, okay, I don't want to just go through life just ignoring everybody around us, um, but actually I want to be there to care for other people. And so how can I prepare and equip myself? And especially when it comes to young people, if you have young people in your life, mm -hmm. I think it's even more crucial because our youth actually need that support system. Yes, of course, they would turn to their friends, but as adults, you know, we see them in and out. 
Yeah. We can see a lot of things that even they may not be able to see. So how can we therefore equip ourselves, right? Absolutely. And, and at the same time, there is that secrecy that surrounds suicide as well. If somebody is really thinking about taking their own lives, sometimes it's not so easy to spot those signs. And mm. sometimes it is a spur of a moment thought. So mm. really, it's about keeping that constant, you know, conversation, not when you see something is wrong, we should always be caring about each other mm. um, on, on the whole. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, you know, our emotions will, will always be up and down. And I think it's really important to know that there are professionals out there that can yes. help you work through some of the difficulties. And that seeing a professional is not shameful. Absolutely not. You know, yeah, we um, see a doctor if we've got a cold or yeah, you know, exactly COVID. Yeah. Um, we should definitely see if there's something you know, you know, not right with our minds. Yeah, and there's um, no good time. Like, and I think if we wait to the point where we have to give a suicide hotline number to somebody because we haven't in advance just shared, hey. I know that there is a clinical psychologist in this building. Maybe I could go and see, you know. Um, I, having said that, you know, I do know that it is not always the easiest to maneuver the public system. Um, the wait is long. The wait is long. But there are long, services which are, are services. free counseling services. Exactly. Yes. And that's kind of where I come back to, you know, for example, we started this bridge service specifically for this because we knew that services were long. It's hard to identify what those are. Um, so make use of some of these, like, you know, be early in how you help and walk with other people. Yeah. Sky, it's so lovely to talk to you. And thank you so much for the great work that you and your team are doing. Remind our listeners once again, how can we find you on social media? And have you got a website? Yes. So we have a website. So you can connect with us um, on kelly.org, which is K-E-L-Y.org. And you can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, um, Facebook as well. I think our handle is Kelly, K-E-L-Y, support group. Um, so feel free to reach out to us. And um, if you are looking for some help, particularly for a young person, um, please reach out to our Project Connect um, hotline. Yeah, thank you so much, Sky. All channels of communication are wide open with the Kelly Support Group. Many thanks once again to Sky Sue, the Executive Director of the Kelly Support Group. Thank you so much. Thank you.